Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. BWI Daily Edition here, recapping a big night for Penn State basketball. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. It was a long night at the Bryce Jordan Center. Penn State winning in double overtime over Iowa, uh, 90 to 86. Dave Ecker was there last night for the whole thing. He's going to give us what he thought. Dave, how you doing this morning? A little jet lagged from that game last night? <laughs> Maybe a little too, Frank, but I'll tell you what, the new intro music that you've got going is waking me right up. I'm ready to go run 15 miles. I need that as my alarm to wake me up in the morning. This is your pre-workout, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Everything's a journey, right? And uh, the the BWI Daily Edition, the evolution of the show, is absolutely no different. That I I appreciate that people notice things like that and and that all that work is paying off on the daily. So welcome to the show. And Dave is about to uh, die working out uh, for the first time this year, I'm assuming. Do you work out, Dave? No, no. I didn't think I so. Have, no, not at all. <laughs> I'll tell you, though, music absolutely can do that for you. It can, like, sure. not not make you great at sports or great at, at exercise, but, like, I, the other day, was not having a great day, and I had a song running through my head, so I put that song on, and then I listened to the whole album it was on, and I had, like, it turned my day around. So hopefully the intro, what I'm saying is, the BWI Daily Edition and the intro music can turn your day around. So it's a great reason to watch the show and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. You know, Listen to us while you work out and feel good about yourself <laughs> because I don't. Now, I don't know the rest of the show is going to get you pumped up to deadlift, but, uh, you know, maybe maybe we can bring that energy today. Maybe we can, we can lift somebody out of that. So let's talk about the game last night because that was a high-energy affair. Uh, let's start at the end with the final play and then the overtime because that was some crazy stuff at the end of regulation. Take us through what happened in the final minute and a half and then the final play. Yeah, so Penn State kind of looks like they're going to coast, right? You know, I think they had a six-point lead um, in the final minute. Uh, and Iowa trimmed it to two and sent Sam Sessoms to the free throw line. Um, I think for one and one uh, with about 10 seconds left, he hits the first. Uh, I'm sorry. It was a one point lead at this time. Excuse me. So Sam Sessom hits, hits the first to make it a two point lead, then misses the second. Um, Iowa brings the ball down the floor. I think it was Jordan Bohannon, if memory serves, just kind of chucks a three that gets nowhere close and, Keegan Murray makes this absolutely just ridiculous play. He kind of contorts his body, tips the ball up and in with 0.1 seconds left to tie the game and send the game to overtime. Um, Yeah, just ridiculous. You know, it wasn't a great crowd at the Bryce Jordan Center anyway, but it just felt like it felt like a library (laughs) at that point. Uh, It was dead. 
I was sure Penn State was going to lose the first overtime by 10 points. <laughs> Just because of that play, uh, but, right? The the the, yeah. the absolute deflation of winning the game, playing good defense, making a bad shot happen, and then, as Michael Shrewsbury called it, uh, one of the best plays he's seen, I think, is what he said last night in the postgame press conference about that play to send the game further. Yeah, it was. And, you know, this is a Penn State team that had lost three in a row, too, right? right. I mean, it, it, you know, it, it, it's not... It's easy to feel deflated. And really, I think that they did. Uh, it, you know, you, you saw it kind of at the beginning of overtime. They didn't really have it. Um, they had to kind of wake themselves up a little bit. Uh, and and to their credit, they definitely did. They made some big shots. So, yeah, I, it, it's, it was a great game. Um, there were great plays on, on both ends. I think, you know, Mike Shrewsbury kind of explained, <laughs> explained that, that tip, and he's like, that guy is going to be in the NBA next year for exactly that reason. Um, and he's right. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was awesome. It was a really entertaining game. So who were the guys that were key in the overtime then that got Penn State the win? Yeah, so you got to point first, I think, to Miles Dredd, um, who made, frankly, a shot he had no business making. Um, you know, I think Penn State was down three in the first overtime with maybe 15 seconds to go, um, catches the ball at the top of the key, has guys all over him, just kind of fades away and, and chucks it, and it goes in. Um, I think he said after the game that he couldn't even see the rim uh, when, when he when he took the shot. So uh, clearly it was just a little bit of a prayer that was answered. Um, and then Greg Lee and John Harrow were both awesome in overtime and awesome throughout the whole game. I was actually... I was a little bit late to join you, T. Frank. Um, I missed the uh, the E invite because I was looking up a stat. I believe that this Greg Lee had 16 points and John Hara had 19. And I believe that is the first time since at least 2004, 2005, that Penn State has had two players who are over six foot nine have 15 or more points in the same game. Um, so... A little bit of a niche stat, but you know, Penn yeah. State doesn't have bigs that score points. No, but like, your your point ever. is valid. So so it sounds convoluted, but what you're saying is two bigs in the same game to take over like that. That does yeah. not happen. Penn State at most has one historically. Yeah, and really they've been lucky to have that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, uh you, you think about some of the bigs that Penn State has run out there, like mm, I don't know. Um, so they've got a couple guys that can fill it up. And uh, they needed to because they didn't shoot well from three. So they, they needed those guys. And, and and John and Greg gave them really big games. Seth Lundy did as well, right? Uh, you know, as, yep. a, as the as the small forward, as the three, he was out there uh, on both both sides, right? Offense and defense. Yes, sir. Yeah, he, he, he played really well defensively. He was guarding guarding uh, guarding Murray for most of the game. Um Really held him held him down in the first half. He did not do much in the first half. Um, kind of exploded in the second half and overtime. Uh, ended up with with twenty one points. But you know, if you're getting if you're Penn State, you're getting seventeen from Seth Lundy, and you're get and I was getting twenty one from Keegan Murray. I think Penn State will take that. Uh, you know, uh, that's a, that's a differential that Penn State can live with for sure. And Seth Lundy's been great. Um, you know he's 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 not super efficient on offense, um, but you know he's defending really well. He's kind of the volume scorer that Penn State needs. So yeah, he's he's been a really important piece. 
what's what happened? So going back into the the meat of the game, Penn State was in command early. It seemed with those uh, guys on the interior. Uh, doing a great job getting rebounds, putting the ball back, getting second chances, getting points. But there was a lull there at the end of the first half and the beginning of the second where Iowa really came back and, and took the lead, I think, at one point. So what happened in the middle of the game? What did Micah Shrewsbury do to adjust where his team then got into a position where they should have won the game coasting away, but because of the way that things worked out, didn't quite get there? Yeah, what happened was Fran McCaffrey's sons started to make a ton of threes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Patrick and uh, um, I'm so Connor. Sorry, I, I forgot the uh, the other fellow's name. Patrick and Connor McCaffrey combined, I think, to make uh, seven seven threes. Um, you know, shooting over 50%. I think it was Connor who came to the game shooting like 15% and made, I think, four in a row at one point. So <laughs> it was just kind of a little bit nonsensical. Um, and really, Penn State had played well in the first half. Penn State played really, really well in the first half. And uh, McCaffrey just made a bunch of threes at the end, at the end of the first half. And all of a sudden, Io was leading. Um, but really, it was just more of the same. Uh down the stretch, Penn State went inside. The guy you're seeing on the screen there, Sam Sessoms, um, gave them some really creative finishes at the rim, kind of to complement the points they got from the bigs. It wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of adjusting going on. I think Penn State just really kept doing what they were doing. They cut down, I think, on Iowa's three point rampage, and some of that I think was just kind of water leveling out a little bit. And and yeah, they 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 won the game. We talked about on Monday how Penn State has a pretty short bench. They don't play a lot of players, and therefore they can't really afford a slump from any of their starters. They played a lot more guys on Monday, didn't they? And how did that affect the game? Or is that more of when the chips were down, they shortened the bench? I, I think they shortened the bench a little bit when the chips were down. But you did see Caleb Dorsey, um, who I think we haven't seen in a while, actually. He got six minutes. Um, you saw Dalian Johnson actually get the start, and I thought he looked pretty good. Um, he usually doesn't play a whole lot, and uh, he got a little bit of a back injury that held him out, um, unfortunately for him. But yeah, you, you know, it, we didn't see we didn't see Jelani White. Jelani White played one minute. He's usually a guy that plays a ton. I think uh, Shrewsbury was just kind of riding his bigs. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he he he. It was Lee, and it was John Harrah, and it wasn't really anybody else. Those were his two. Usually we'll see Jelani Scott and Jelani White, and we didn't, I think, probably because those guys were playing so well. Um, yeah, it, it was it was a little bit of a weird game rotationally for Penn State, for sure. But um, I think that they were able to get minutes off the bench uh, from, from, from some guards, Sam Sessoms most notably. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a weird one. It was a weird one for the bigs. Um, Greg Lee actually, I guess, technically came off the bench. It doesn't feel like it because he played most of the game, but he didn't start for the first time in a while. Uh, but yeah, rotationally, um, I, the, the main difference that I would point to is we saw a lot less of the the third and fourth choice bigs. Um, it, I'm not really, really sure why. Micah didn't really explain it afterwards. Mm -hmm. He was asked about it and they just kind of brushed it off. But yeah, that'll be something to look for going forward, definitely. So what was your takeaway with all of that that happened? What was your takeaway from the game, and what can Penn State use going forward in the remaining part of their schedule? You know, it's it's one of those games that feels like it can be an inspiring win. 
Um, because look, I mean, there was some mental toughness shown there. Absolutely. Um, Iowa is a better team than Penn State. I don't think many people will debate that. They have better players than the players that Penn State has. They just do. Um, so, you know, when when you're able to, I guess, swing back when a team like that pegs you back, you're able to to come back and you're able to close those those deficits in overtime. You're able to make those big shots after you lose three in over three in a row. That's big. That's important. Um, and you know, look, it, it shows you that they haven't quit. Uh, yeah. I think that was something that I was looking for. And playing um, at home helps too. Uh, you could see definitely that was a part of it. No, no, no doubt. Um, they've missed that because, you know, mm-hmm. like like you said, three games on the road consecutively, all losses, all against good teams. Uh, they've missed uh, their home environment, even if, you know, the, the crowd wasn't amazing. But, yeah, it's it's important. Um, and, you know, they've got another tough road game against Wisconsin, uh, who I think is atop the Big Ten right now. So, yeah, that's not an easy game. And if you lose this one, you know, you're three and seven. You've got to go to Wisconsin on Saturday. You know, you'd like to be optimistic, but that's not a game that you would pick Penn State to win. Right. Um, so all of a sudden you're three and eight and you've unraveled a little bit. Um, so I think this kind of stops that from happening. Um, even if you lose that Wisconsin game, you know, you've got some easier games coming up. You can still kind of get yourself in a position to be competitive. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. Big, big win. So you, you mentioned Wisconsin is next. When's the next game? And uh, what should Penn State fans expect from that one? And you gave us a little bit of a preview, but you got anything more to say about Wisconsin and, and the matchup specifically between the two teams? I expect slow basketball. Oh, good. <laughs> Wisconsin, <laughs> Wisconsin is notorious for playing very slow basketball. And that's how Penn State has played this year, too. So, um, you know, there's kind of a game... Uh, it's a little bit of a, uh, a cult hero-ish game for Penn State basketball in the 2011 Big Ten tournament where they beat Wisconsin, I think, 36-33. I remember to, that game. <laughs> to, to clinch a, a more or less a spot in the NCAA tournament. And I'm not saying it's going to be that, but it's probably not going to be pretty. Um, Wisconsin has probably the best player in the Big Ten in Johnny Davis. Uh, he's awesome. He's, you know, he's probably going to be Seth Lundy's guy, I would guess. So mm-hmm. we'll see how Seth Lundy fares there. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a tall, it's a tall task to go in there, uh, and win a game, but we'll see, we'll see if they can kind of scrape together the momentum. I think it's Saturday at six 30, if I remember the time, right. So big game. Um, we'll see what they can do. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll switch gears here now and go to hockey, which, of course, you are our hockey correspondent. We haven't talked too much about the team, but they've been struggling so far this year. But we, we should follow up and see what's going on with Penn State hockey. Uh, are they improving? And, and what's this season been like for the team? Yeah, they are improving. And I think that's kind of what you want to see. Because uh, there, there was a point this year, even four weeks ago, where... I just, I, I didn't know what they were. I didn't know where the wins were going to come from. The performances did not seem to be improving. And very clearly the performances are improving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it kind of started at the, at the you know, the turn of the calendar in the new year. Um, they played Notre Dame, who is very good. Very, very tough twice at home. 
probably should have gotten a win in one of those games. They were unfortunate not to. Then they went to Michigan again, probably outplayed Michigan in both of those games. Michigan, by the way, has uh, four of the first five draft picks in last year's at NHL draft on its roster. Well, yeah. there you go. <laughs> uh, they're good at hockey. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Penn State outplayed them twice uh-huh. and didn't win either of those games, <laughs> which if you're sensing a theme, that's kind of what's been happening lately. Uh so, but then they they sweep Wisconsin, who stinks. Um, Wisconsin is bad, and they get a shootout win against uh, Big Ten leading Ohio State last Friday. Then they lose six to nothing uh, on Saturday <laughs> to to the Buckeyes. So it's been a whirlwind. Um, but they're playing better, even in that six nothing loss. I think they outshot Ohio State like fifty one twenty seven or something ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that, that's part of Guy Godowski's strategy, kind of like right. Kale Sanderson, is score points, put the puck in the net, make sure you get a, a, a lot of shots. Are they getting? The question is, are they getting more quality shots? Are they getting better opportunities on goal uh, in these losses, but these close competitive losses? They are. They're starting to cycle the puck a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're they're learning to play physical. They have a lot of guys who are small. They're mm-hmm. not a big team. Um, and I think they're learning how to kind of scrap against those bigger defensemen, keep the buck in the offensive zone and, you know, have those periods of sustained pressure. And that's the other thing. If you're kind of looking for reasons to be optimistic is they have some freshmen who are really playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Kerwin been awesome. He's, he's a bigger guy. He's got a, he's got an NHL level shot. Um, he can really fill the puck, uh, fill the net with pucks. Um, and they've got a, a, a duo of Ben Schoen and, and Danny Geneev, who are little guys. Um, I think I don't think either of them is five foot eight. I think they're both very small. I, I don't have their their me- measurements in front of me, but they're tiny. Um, and they were awesome this weekend. They were really good. So you know, um, there are some 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 bright lights uh, future wise, I guess. Um, and and you know, those are the guys that are kind of spurring the improvement in play. So. As far as this season, you know, it's 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 kind of looking like they probably have to win the Big Ten tournament if they want a postseason berth, um, and we know that's not super likely. Uh, they're going to have to do all of it on the road too, right. um, which mm, unlikely, but you never say never. But uh, definitely looking forward to to next season because it does seem like they have some guys uh, who who can carry the program forward. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
Well, we'll keep up to date on that, and uh, we'll be checking in with you as the season comes to an end. It's weird to say it's February now, so a lot of stuff is going to be wrapping up. Uh, basketball yep. in its final month, wrestling in its final month before the tournaments arrive. So stick here with BWI as we follow all of that. And especially here on the BWI Daily Edition, make sure you subscribe to YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching the video, make sure you give it a like because, uh, you know, we're working hard. We got you great music. We're keeping the show fresh in the off season, talking about and doing a bunch of different things. So appreciate the support here on BWI on YouTube and, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. I always feel like I throw that in the end wherever you get your podcast there's like thousands of people that listen on, on podcast form <laughs> but you know because i'm on camera i treat it like a, a tv show first anyway let's get to the senior bowl because practice started yesterday a couple notable things happened this week with uh with the game and with practices so what was the the, the thing that stuck out to you yesterday with the news coming out of mobile yeah it doesn't seem like Jahan dotson is going to play um right which I guess is, is really the, the, the big news. Um, not really sure why. It doesn't seem like there's an explanation there. But, you know, if you're Jahan Dotson, I think your NFL stock is pretty pretty well secure. So if you're not, uh, if you're not 100%, if you're not sure, uh, you know, I, I don't know that there's a whole lot of reason to risk it in a, in a scrimmage. Um, you know, T. Frank, you're kind of the draft guy. I mean, do you agree with that? It just kind of seems needless. Uh, well, so... The, the part, if he's not there whatsoever, that would be surprising uh, because the, the thing that he and Arnold Ebikidi and Jaquan Brisker, I thought what was important for them would be being around the talent evaluators, being around uh, the GMs and the scouts and having an app opportunity to interact with coaches and, you know, get your personality, who you are out to those right. uh, organizations, because a lot of guys will make big decisions about your draft stock based on who you are, because they know your physical potential. They can see all of those things on film. And uh, that would be the biggest thing I thought was important for for Jahan and for um, for Brisker. But Brisker decided to decline the invitation altogether. And, um, you know, I think you can do all these things later in the season. You can do them at the Combine. You can do them at personal workouts and things like that. But it does give you an advantage of getting more time in front of scouts. That's about it. Right. Uh, because right. he, he would have been really good. I said this earlier. Would have been really good in individual drills. I didn't even expect him to play in the game. I just expected him to be there and participate uh, in practices and be around. So not being there at all is not a huge difference. But that's that's kind of where I land on Dotson uh, with his opt-out. The thing that I thought was interesting, and we had this conversation last week as they were doing their grand rollout that Jesse Lucada listed as a linebacker, weighs in during the heights and weights at 261 pounds. So, okay, we need to have another conversation about Jesse Lucetta at the Senior Bowl. He's making all the right decisions, I think. Uh, what, what, what are you expecting out of the guy that I think needs this the most? He and Tariq Castro-Fields need this week the most. What are you expecting out of him when it comes to his performance this week and then in the game? Well, I would be expecting him to play defensive end, <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. I don't know what his being listed as a linebacker means for that. Uh, I don't really know if that matters. I don't. Again, not really uh, super in tune, I guess, with what the positional designations at the Senior Bowl mean. But certainly, yeah. I mean, just talking about 
or listening to James Franklin and, and, you know, former Penn State defensive coordinator Brent Pry and all these guys talk about Jesse Lucada, one of the reasons that he was playing defensive end for Penn State was because they feel like that's where his professional future is. Um, and Jesse Lucada himself has said that. So for him to play a linebacker at the Senior Bowl doesn't really add up to me. So I guess my guess would be that there's just some smudging of the lines going on to get him yeah. in there and he's going to play defensive end. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so this, this is, this is the, uh, this is the all pro pro bowl voting conversation about linebackers or defensive ends. And people want to be so very distinct about uh three, four versus four, three. And while I think he can be sort of multiple in a three down front and be a linebacker sort of, and if you want to make that annoying distinction between an edge rusher that has a two point stance and an edge rusher that has his hand in the dirt. Okay. Then he's a linebacker. Fine. But his primary job better be going after the quarterback and going forward through the offensive line, which makes him an edge defender or a defensive end whatever you want to call the designation. It's a bit about the semantics there. So yeah, if he on first down is lined up as a Mike linebacker who rushes the quarterback <laughs> in any situation where it's a pass. Okay. Um, and then on uh, situational downs of some versatility there, he's a defensive end. Yeah. And you're right. This is, this is absolutely fudging it so that you can get another defensive end who can get to the quarterback and has a little bit of multiplicity so you can call him a linebacker. But the question is going to be, for for Jesse Lucada, does being 261 make him better at getting to the quarterback? Because Arnold Abikidi, this is a guy we haven't even talked about yet. We'll get to him in a second. He was the guy, 54 pressures at the quarterback. Nobody else got over 20 for Penn State last year. Jesse Lucada has to prove that he can rush the passer to make all of this matter. And, and that's the part where he's going to work on that this offseason, and part of that is getting up to the size necessary to play the position. So we'll find out. That's that's what he needs to do in this particular game. Arnold Abikidi, how much do you think he needs this week for his draft stock? I think he's one of those guys where it's it it matters. You know, he's not he's not a locked in anywhere, right? He's one of those guys where you know, if he has a big senior bowl, he has a big combine, he has a big pro day, you feel like he can really, he can really propel himself up the draft boards, at least to me. Um, because look, he had an awesome season. Um, but before that, he was a little bit of an unknown, unknown entity. Um, so yeah, I think it's big. I think it matters for him. Definitely. Um, you know, he's a guy that kind of just burst on the scene. And now, He's on the radar, and now that he's on the radar, he's 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 getting a chance to get in front of the guys that are you know maybe make or break his his draft stock. So definitely, I think an important week for him. Um, and, and and you can probably say the same about you know a few of the other guys there, um, Tariq Castro Fields, those type of guys. But yeah, um, I think it matters for him. I don't think he's at the point you know in the hierarchy where it's just like okay, you know, yeah. it's a formality. Uh, I want to throw this in here. I apologize doing this on the fly because I thought this was rather important when we look at his draft profile. This is from the Senior Bowl. Their uh, their heights and weights that they have. Uh, 34 inch arms. <laughs> oh my gosh. Six foot two, 250 with 34 inch arms and an 82 inch wingspan. With the production he put up on the field, 
Yeah. I don't know. Like, that was the only thing he had to do was show up and have really long arms. That's why he's a <laughs> successful pass rusher. I mean, I that's why he's a successful pass rusher, plus all the work he put in being incredibly efficient with his hands, having great moves, strength through the all of that stuff. But, like, his, his profile fits the position. Um, he's a guy that could dominate this week in individual drills because he's a guy that dominated individual drills every time he got them when we were in practice, and he dominated on the football field. So I, I think this week could change his draft stock to where he's, you know, maybe he's a second-round pick to he's a high second-round pick. And at the Combine, if he puts up a 40-time and some other metrics, I I have a hard time keeping him out of the first round. You want to get to the You want to get to the quarterback. Just make no mistake about it. You want to get to the quarterback, and you'll overvalue those for a guy that's two fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And 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 it does like his run defense. I think was hit or miss. But when he could make guys miss with his hand usage, because this is the thing that I always get if like Adafi Owe, I wouldn't say that he had a great first season in the NFL. He got a, a volume of pressures as one of the guys for Baltimore, but his hand usage against the run was spectacular in college. And people kept telling me, oh, he's raw as a football player. He doesn't know how to get to the quarterback. I'm like, I think raw's the wrong word because he knows how to use his hands as a football player. So it's just implementing that as a pass rusher. The same thing is in reverse for Arnold Bikiti, where he's really good at slipping blocks. And when he can slip blocks in the run game, I don't have any problems with that. I don't have any problems with the guy that's okay in run defense, but on third down, he's going to go get Patrick Mahomes. Right. Look at I, the, do we even do we even care? Like, you know, like, do we care if you can defend the run in the NFL anymore, man? Like, it's like, look at these absolute weapons yeah. that are that are at quarterback for like at this point, like six or eight NFL teams. I mean, disrupt that, yeah, please. <laughs> I, you know, if 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 you can't stop Derrick Henry for like one game and you lose the game, fine. But you know, it, it, it's. Stop the quarterbacks. Kansas the quarterbacks. City rushed three players. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, um, the Bengals rushed three players. They had an eight-man coverage unit against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> That's how they won the game. And they got yeah. pressure with three and sometimes four. And the fourth was the defensive end spying the quarterback. So, and there's, <laughs> there's, you, you. I kind of look at it as in at the running back position. I've seen teams that are woeful at running back and it does hurt your team you can't be too much of one thing but if you're going to emphasize something emphasize getting after the quarterback and I cannot emphasize it enough Arnold Ebikiti is the best pass rusher from a technical standpoint to come out of Penn State he's a ready-made pass rusher and I'm including all the freaks that came out over the last couple of years so in Mobile I I think he cements that but he's another guy that I don't think needs to play in the game he's gonna play in the game it looks like but cool uh, last guy we haven't mentioned, Tariq Castro-Fields. And, of course, we haven't mentioned Jordan Stout, another guy who's a phenomenal punter. Uh, I think his path is pretty clear this week. But uh, what do you what do you think from the guy who probably needs the senior bowl the most is uh, Tariq Castro-Fields? What are you expecting from him this week? And, and what has been your read on how he fits into the offseason picture in the draft? Yeah, he's an interesting one because... While I think he was reliable for the most part, I don't think he was spectacular for Penn State this season. Um, and he's also older, right? He's a yeah. guy who used that fifth-year option. Um, 
So he's got some convincing to do, I would say. Uh, and yeah, it's 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 a big week for him. He's got to he's got to do well in those individual drills. I think he he should probably like play in the game. <laughs> you know, he's got to he's got to impress. Um, so yeah, I definitely he's the one that I think you've got circled and underlined here. Um, yeah. If you're a Penn State fan, just kind of trying to track these guys, I think he's uh, he's the most important uh, important watch this weekend. Do you think? So there was a lot of talk in his career about injuries, especially in 2020, being a part of the story. How do you factor that into his career at Penn State and what ultimately became of it? Of a guy, we talked about this with Nate, of very high expectations that the, the coaching staff was ecstatic they got him in his draft class right. as a late flip. Um, with all of that aside, how do you feel injuries kind of played a role in his and do you give that a, a weight when it comes to his performance late in his career i definitely do i think he was mostly healthy last season yeah. um it seemed like it to me anyway but the season before obviously i think he missed more than half the year and i yeah. think people forget that the season before that he was hampered by injury as well and and, and that was the year he just kind of got hammered online um because he got burnt a couple times but he was definitely playing hurt um, yeah. I think it was pretty apparent. Um, so yeah, I think you have to factor it, factor it in. Um, you know, I think what we saw this season is, is probably closer to what he is, um, you know, when he's healthy, uh, maybe he starts to, to maybe add a little bit more athleticism now that he's further away from the injury. I don't know what the injury was, so it's, it's, you can speculate a little bit, but right. yeah, I think, I think, I think we have an accurate picture of, of tree caster fields. Um, and, and that's what you got to use to kind of inform your opinion. I, I think he was a good player for Penn state last season. Um, whether you want to criticize him for not being, you know, like one of the best corners in college football, I think that might be a little bit of an unreasonable expectation, but, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely someone that it seems like the fans are split on, but yeah, you know, taking last season into account and, and all that he's been through, I think he's somebody that you, you should feel positively about um, if, if you're a Penn State fan. Last thing I was want to make sure I, I ask you this stuff. What are you working on this weekend? What are some of your thoughts about uh, whatever that we can read over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com? <laughs> yeah, I'm um, going to be writing some basketball today. Uh, you know, big game. So we're, we're going to do some follow-up coverage, try to get some basketball recruiting stuff. Um up on the site, uh, working on that. So that's kind of my focus tomorrow. We've got James Franklin he's yep. speaking, uh, for the first time in a while. So definitely have coverage from that. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm headed. My general direction. We'll see where it takes me, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's what you got to look out for. I would say, well, make sure you check that out. Bluewhiteillustrated.com. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr coming up the, uh, traditional signing day. Penn State is in on one prospect that we'll inform you about. Vega Ione, we'll see what happens. And uh, that'll be part of the show tomorrow, part of our coverage over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com. You can sign up for just $1. Link is in the description. I can't believe I waited till the end of the show to the outro music to say that. Sign up, Blue White Illustrated, so you don't miss anything from the guys over on the website. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.